1 John 4, 7 through 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into this world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so now, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have not seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. This is the word of our Lord. So, again, good morning, and uh, glad we're here together. Uh, and uh, I just want to, I want to begin uh, with a practice uh, that we've kind of pulled uh, back from the past, uh, we've done it all of 2021. We did it in January. We're going to do it again uh, today. And that's reminding ourselves week by week what we're about. And so we are about loving people, transforming lives, making disciples. And, and, and again, I always want to come back to the, this. Uh, you know, it's not in general just making disciples. It is helping people to know Jesus, to love Jesus, and to serve Jesus. And when I say that, it also includes that we are, are, uh, are taking the initiative to know people, to love people, and to serve people. And so that's what we're about when we say we're about loving people, transforming lives, and making disciples. Now, here's the thing. We're not about just simply saying those three statements. We want to live into those uh, we want to, we want to uh, find practical ways to express that. And, and one of the things I, I, I want to encourage us is to begin the practice of God's stories. Uh, well, not begin, actually uh, kind of drawing from, from the, again, from the past. This is something that, that we have done in the past, is telling the stories of what God is doing to help us love people and see lives transformed and to... Uh, to uh, make disciples. And so if you have a story to tell, I would encourage you to, to just simply get out your, your cell phone, use that uh, video uh, aspect, turn it sideways, you know, uh, uh, you know, turn it, what is it, horizontal, 
and, and, and for about a minute or two, just tell your story, what God has done to help you experience the very things we're talking about. And if you're uncomfortable seeing yourself uh, on video, write your story. Uh, either way, whether you, you uh, 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 video it or, or write it, you can send it to media at asburycc.org. Now, I, I want I, I an answer to this. And think about exactly, because there's a difference. I always, you know, my wife asked me yesterday, can, can you turn on the light? And I say, honey, you've known me for a lot of years, and you still doubt if I have the ability to turn on a light. And I said, and she says, okay, okay, will you turn on the light? And I said, sure, honey, I, I have the ability. But uh, here's the question. Can you tell a God story? Can you tell a story that, has ex- that you have experienced? And if you, if you can, just say yes. One, two, three. Okay, so there are stories out there to be told. Now, you don't have to answer this except in your head and in your heart. Are you willing, are you willing to, to take that next step and actually record what God is doing in your life so that we can tell one another and remind one another these things we keep saying we're doing and we want to do, we are doing, we are experiencing. Uh, The other thing, this is for those of you at home. You know, I would just invite you to take 15 to 30 seconds, less than a minute, and uh, and just do a little video clip that says, Hi, my name is and tell us where you're watching from so that we can be encouraged and recognize that, that what we're doing here, we're also doing there, wherever you might be. And again, media at asburycc.org. Now, today's message is, is entitled, the, This Father Wants What Every Parent Wants. And our text is 1 John 4, 7 through 21. And, uh, and I want to just jump in what, what John tells us uh, twice. He tells us something about God twice in this passage. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. He says that in verses 7 and 8, and then repeats uh, part of that message in verse 16. He says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. And so, uh, I, I'm going to ask you, you know, what, what, does, what does John tell us about God? God is... Now... Uh, do you think that everybody in the world believes that God is love? Yes or no? No, no, they don't. In fact, some of us struggle with, with that. And, uh, and there are two main reasons that people doubt that God is love. And, uh, and the first is simply our world. What happens in our world? Uh, this morning, I was kind of refreshing uh, uh, my, uh, updating my understanding of what's going on in the world, and I was curious about where is famine taking place, and, you know, uh, I, I, you know I hear about, you know, I can still remember as a kid, uh, eat this because 
uh, there are starving uh, children where? In China. Well, there are starving children, and there are starving children in the U.S., and there are starving children in China, and starving children in Africa. And, and I was looking uh, at that four nations that, uh, that uh, are experiencing famine and on the verge of, of, uh, of starvation. It's, uh, and, and all of them are in, uh, in Africa and, and the Middle East. There are 20 million uh, people who are experiencing famine right now in these areas. Uh, Nigeria, uh, the Sudan, uh, Somalia, and Yemen. Uh, I was also kind of updating myself because here's one of those things. We are, are aware of that, that there is a world plague. Uh, COVID-19, you know, I, I wear a mask, you wear a mask when we're together. The only time I take my mask off during worship is when I get up to speak. So we're very aware of there's this, this thing called COVID-19. Uh, but in 2020, do you remember the fires in Australia? Do you remember the fires on the West Coast? Just uh, about a month ago, I was talking to my friend, pastor friend in Colorado. He lives in Greeley, Colorado, and he was talking about how the, the sky was, was gray. And that everywhere you look, there, it looked like gray snow, but it was ash from the fires that were bur- burning uh, just west of him. And, and, uh, and, 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 and so we, we look at this and, and we recognize that in our world there are terrible things. And as one person said, you know, uh, we ask the question, how can God be, be loving and, and allow children in Somalia to starve to death? Or those who are experiencing drought, uh, like, uh, like in uh, the, uh, 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 East Africa and Southern Africa, how can God allow that knowing that, that uh, people will die because of the drought? All he needs to do is speak a word and then uh, in comes a cloud and, and, and a storm uh, of rain. Uh, and, and, you know, that raises those kind of questions. And so we understand that what's going on in our world makes us doubt, one, the existence of God, and two, the love of God. And yet, Scripture does not ignore the fact that these things are happening in the world. Paul, in the first century, a follower of Jesus, is writing to Christians in Rome. And in Romans 8.22, this is what he says. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only is it, was, is it happening now, it was happening then. This recognition that, that the world as we know it is not as we would have it, especially with our understanding that God is great and God is good. Now, the, the second thing that, that uh, causes people to doubt the goodness of God is our witness. Our witness in the world uh, tempers a people's understanding of God's love. And, and, and I'm not talking about people in general. I'm talking about people who, who, ex, who expressly say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, we've made news uh, as followers of Jesus Christ. And I, I'm, of course, I'm not talking about Asbury, but, uh, you know, I'm talking about the reality in our world that we have, we, we, we make national news when a group who express the, the, that they are followers of Jesus Christ, 
uh, go to a funeral and, and begin to, to shout terrible and hurtful things at that funeral. Uh, we are hampered in, in, uh, in, in expressing the love of God to our nation when, uh, when our leaders who are on the national scene uh, are, are, are found to be corrupt, uh, uh, adulterous, saying one thing and living another thing. We know that those things happen in our world. One of the things that affects us specifically uh, in general is the reality that you can't tell much difference in the lifestyle between someone who follows Jesus and someone who doesn't. Uh, we divorce at the same rate as, as those who don't go to church. Uh, we struggle with uh, abuse and, and, and addiction. I mean, we can go through all of these reasons and, and people question the love of God because of the world around us and because of our own witness. And, and yet, uh, John in here calls us to a pretty high standard. And it, this is, you know, what are we supposed to be like? Well, he says... In, the, in verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us. That we will have confidence, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. In this world, we are like Jesus. And so here is, is John holding up this, this precious uh, goal that, that we who say we follow Jesus would be like Jesus. And so despite our world and its problems, and despite uh, our witness as followers of Jesus Christ at times, John still makes this proclamation. He holds to this claim. God is love. I want to look specifically at three things that God does that reveal His love as, as revealed in this particular passage. And the first thing uh, I want to talk about is that God initiates. God takes the initiative. Now, as I was thinking about this, the image that I have of me, and this is me, and sometimes this is the way we look at God. Uh, you know, when I was up in Wisconsin, uh, at this time, I can tell you, uh, it gets really, really cold in February, and, uh, and, it's, and it's dark uh, at uh, 6 in the morning, and yet about 6 in the morning, uh, I was joining a bunch of other guys uh, to play basketball in, in the gym at the high school, and, and I remember uh, my first re response when I woke up, and I usually is like 4.30 in the morning to get ready to, to go play at 6 o'clock, was, it's cold out there. I don't want to go, go. And I said, but at some point, I, I, I convinced my mind uh, and my body, uh, you know, to get out of bed. And, and so we, we would uh, get up there. We would have uh, a nice spirited game. And, uh, and, and often uh, what would happen was somebody, I mean, we are older. Uh, back at that time, I was in my 50s, I believe. And, uh, and, and, uh, Anyway, we, uh, we would be playing, and somebody inevitably would get hurt. Uh, most of the time, it wasn't me. And, and this is what I always did. Almost every time, without exception, I would go pick up the ball and walk over to the side and just wait 
until the guy, whoever it was, uh, got off the court so we could go and play basketball again. And, uh, and, and, and a, a lot of the times, you know, in our mind, we think of God as, as, as kind of holding the world, just kind of uh, waiting till we get it right, and then he's going to enter into the world and he's going to, to do something. But Scripture tells us that he's not waiting for us to get it right. He is taking the initiative. Again, in... in, uh, in, in uh, in First John four verse ten, uh, this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. Again, in verse nineteen, we love because He first loved us. So God takes the initiative; He's not waiting for you and me. Uh, the second thing is God gives. And uh, in, in verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given to us of his spirit. Um, you know, I was thinking about this relationship between us and God. Uh, Jesus, uh, when he talks about his relationship with God, what does he call God? He calls him what? Father. He, you know, uh, when he prays, he prays to the Father, and he calls him you know, Abba, Father, or, or Daddy God, Daddy Father. Um, and, 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 and I also knew that, that Jesus, uh, in, in his prayer, uh, that he taught his disciples, which we'll be saying a little bit later, what does, how do we start that? Our Father. Uh, and, and then the other thing is I, I began to look at uh, a, a different phrase, your father. Jesus is speaking, and, and now he's shifting it not from, from my father, not from our father, but then to your father. And, and it's amazing. I would encourage you, just type in uh, those two words, your father, uh, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a Bible search, and, and go immediately to, uh, to Matthew and look at all the places where Jesus says, your father, your father in heaven, which sees in secret. You know, he's talking about this relationship between us and, and God. But in, in Matthew uh, 7, verse 11, it says, uh, Jesus is talking to people who are listening to him at, at the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so God gives. I mean, <laughs> if there's only one verse in the world that people know, it's, it's one about giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So we understand that. At least we can say that. But, but, uh, but as we look at this, then we got to go, well, then how does God make that known? How to, and so the third thing that we see in this passage is that God demonstrates. God demonstrates his love. Uh, we, we come back to this uh, in, and actually this is, uh, this is uh, Paul again writing in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And, uh, and, and then in verse 10, uh, John tells us, this is love, 
Not that we loved God, but that, God, that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so there's this, this sense of God is actively at work in our world, not in, just in our world, in you and in me, demonstrating his love. And, and we see from Scripture over and over again that God does this. He takes the initiative. He gives. He's not waiting for us to get it right because God is love. And what he does in, in relation to you and to me is going to be something that demonstrates his love. Now, I was thinking about this uh, a, a number of years ago. I mean, this has got to be at least 20 years ago. Uh, there was a book that came out, uh, uh, The Five Lung, Love Languages by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many of you are familiar with that book, whether you've read it or not? Okay, so you know, uh, the, the premise of that is we don't all uh, speak the same love language. Uh, we we re- give and receive in different ways. And, uh, and uh, there, is, there is saying, you know, speaking, which, uh, which is one way, just simply saying I love you is one way. Uh, giving gifts is another way. Touch. Is, uh, is a way of, of saying love. Spending time with someone is, uh, is a way of saying, I, uh, I, I love you. And then acts of service. Uh, you know, uh, for us as husbands, uh, it's, it's uh, actually washing the dishes or uh, mopping the floor or making the bed. You know, it, things that we do as an act, uh, a loving act of service for another. Now, as I was thinking about that, I'm not going to go through all five of those, those different ways, but I wanted to think about this in, in ways um, because generally most of us have never heard God speak out loud the words, I love you. Yeah. I love you, Trudy. I love you, George. We haven't heard that. But I want, I want to give you three specific ways that maybe you've heard God speak. And at the end of that, uh, if it's true for you, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. All right. One of the ways, and, and, and this I'm going to ask at the end after I've given the three ways. First of all, there's just Scripture. Uh, you happen to be one who regularly reads Scripture. Maybe you uh, already had time this morning during your devotions. You read Scripture, and, and if somebody asked you right now, what did you read, you might not be, even be able to say what you read, read. But there was this time when you were going through something difficult, and, and that particular day when you read the Scriptures, it was almost like the light came on, and God was shouting, I love you. Uh, and I can tell you, you can look up uh, uh, Jeremiah 8.20. Every single time I read through Scripture and I come to James, uh, Jeremiah 8.20, and you're going you're gonna to be curious as to what it says, but every single time I go, that's when God spoke and he encouraged and loved me in a very difficult time. So uh, a second way is, Maybe you don't regularly read Scripture, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and yet you do have a, a daily type of devotional life. 
It may be a particular book you read through and you read it in, in the mornings or in the evenings. Uh, it may be a devotional uh, like The Upper Room or uh, Daily Bread. But you, you read through that and, uh, and, and sometimes you get kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling a, a, about that. It, it, it seems pretty neat. But there was this one time when you were going through a very difficult time and you, and you read your daily devotional and it was like God was speaking to you. Okay, third way. Third way is God uses another human being. Maybe at just the right time, that person called you when you were going through a tough time. And when you got off the phone, you said, God just spoke to me. Or you received a, 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 a note of encouragement. Or you can just imagine different ways that people speak into your life. And when you're done, you say, man, God just sent yeah, that person at the right time. So now... How many of you have experienced that in your life? Just raise your hand. Okay. So that's one way that God uh, speaks into our life. Now, the second way, and this is the only other way I'm going to cover, is gifts. Is gifts. Uh, certainly God gave his son, and, and he gave his son for all people. And we go, you know, and at times we just kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's times when it becomes personal and real. Uh, and, and, and we remember that moment when God, through Jesus Christ, entered into, into our life, and we know uh, that was a gift. But I, I'm talking about uh, in everyday bu- uh, business or er- daily life, there, there's something that happens in your life where uh, God does something special. Now, uh, you know, Trudy, it wasn't too long ago you were telling us about a check that came in the mail, an unexpected check right when you were having to, to spend money on a car repair. And, and that was an example of hundreds of dollars coming in. But I'm going to tell you a story uh, uh, that's, uh, that's worth all of 15 cents. 15 cents. Um, in fact, Ellen and I were going over this, and, and she gave me permission. Uh, well, actually, I, uh, I, said, I warned her, and she was okay with it. Uh, but um, she was in college, and, uh, and uh, she was a poor college girl. And I, really, uh, it, it, her, her family situation uh, uh, was, was uh, challenging, and now she's in college. And, uh, and she's written a letter to her mom. But it's going to take a stamp to deliver it, and she doesn't have a stamp. And she doesn't, at the time, have the 15 cents to get a stamp. And, uh, and, and we were talking about this, and she even brought this, and I did think about this. Well, didn't you have a friend you could borrow a stamp from? But, you know, sometimes when you're in a tough situation, you're embarrassed about the tough situation, and so you... You have the friends, and they would be more than ha- happy to help you, but you're too embarrassed to ask for help. And, uh, and so she was in that situation, and she was walking across the campus, and when she got to her dorm room, she was taking off uh, her shoes, and on the bottom of her shoe was a stamp. For 15 cents, God said, I love you, and she got the message. Now, again... God speaks today in ways that say, I love you, because why? God is what? 
love. And, and my guess is that if your heart and mind is looking, that your uh, eyes and uh, your mind are seeing God's love in your life. So, with that in mind, you know, I want to go back to uh, the title of this message. Uh, that the title of this message is, This Father Wants What Every Parent Wants. And, uh, and, and when we talk about this father, uh, I'm not talking about this father. You know, I am a father. I've got a son, Daniel. And, uh, and, but, but I'm talking about the our father, your father, my father, God. And, um, and, and with that in mind, I'm going to ask you some questions. I want to pr- practice right now. Um, and, uh, and I want you just simply to, uh, to, to answer the question I ask you. And, and I'll go, I'll ask the question, I'll go one, two, three, and you'll answer, okay? So everybody got that. So here's the question. Can you say yes? One, two, three. Okay. Second question. Can you say no? One, two, three. So some of you answered the question. Some of you said no. When I asked that, you know, I practiced it with the, uh, with the worship team, and Trudy said, uh, that's why I, I'm, I'm not married. Yes, I can say no, because that's why I'm not married. Um, all right, so we practice, and, uh, and, and if you're a parent, listen to these questions, uh, and if you can imagine yourself being a par- parent, answer these questions. All right, the first, the first question is, for your child, do you want him or her to be physically well? One, two, three. Okay. I'm going to ask uh, the next question, and I don't want I, I, you know, I'm not sure you really want that because you're kind of cautious. That was kind of muted. But the second question is, uh, do you want your child to be emotionally and, uh, and mentally well? One, two, three. Uh, come on, people. I'm not sure that you as parents want this for your, your children because you sound reluctant. Go all in. Come on. Tell me. Do you want your, your child for it to be well with his or her soul? Yes. Great. Great. Do you want for your child to be financially healthy? All right, there we go. Do you want your child to be a person of fine, upstanding character? Okay, so... We are parents. We want all of those things for our children. How much more does your Father in heaven desire these things for you? Now, I recognize we won't always feel, uh, experience physical health. 
we won't always uh, experience emotional, good emotional and mental health. That at times we will struggle financially. But I know of all the things that, that uh, you might want for your child, I think God is working on that with you and that you want your child to be someone who is dependable, faithful, and has high character. And that's what God desires for His children, for you and me. And He delights in you because He knows the character He is forming in you. Now, with that in mind, we are uh, coming to a time when we're going to share in uh, the communion supper. The Father is inviting us to the, the meal provided by His Son, And so I invite you now to prepare your hearts as Pastor Trudy joins us. And remember, this is why I always say to live, to love, to laugh. It is all Jesus Christ. Amen?